All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, as we get started, kind of how tonight's going to go, we're going to do this a little differently because I'm going to ask Bo some questions. He's going to talk a little bit about it. Um, at the end, we'll do a couple songs throughout this where we'll stop and kind of look at some, one, of, one of the things he's talking about, and then we'll, we'll, he'll play a song, and we'll kind of worship in that setting. And at the end, we'll give some time around the tables for you all to discuss a few things, some discussion questions, and then we'll finally finish up with the cards, and you have a question, just kind of hand them. Maybe um, we'll come around and get them and just read a couple of them, uh, one from each table maybe, and ask those questions. And so one of the questions we expect is why doesn't Bo wear shoes when we do worship? And we've actually <laughs> we yeah, accepted the winner. It's cold, it's cold. So we had a funny story the other day. I was talking, Olivia, I'm, Olivia was telling me about her grandfather was going to come to church with her here at one point, and she started, he said, well, I don't have a suit or something. If I'm getting this wrong, if I'm butchering the story, correct me. But she's like, I don't have a suit. He's like, oh, she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Our worship, our worship leader doesn't even wear shoes. And he's like, I'm not going. <laughs> so that was enough. Him not wearing shoes for them not to come. So, but the real purpose for tonight is just to talk about like what it is to worship or what is worship, why we worship, all of those things. And I think for me, worship is kind of the the hardest part of church for me. Like for me, I'm, I'm a more surprisingly a head person. I'm a thinker. It's hard for me to kind of, like, I've got to work through things before I can emotionally kind of dive in and worship, dive in in a service. And worship is one of those things, music specifically, is one of those things that helps me get out of the way of my head. Like for me, there's very few things that will kind of push a heartstring where I start moving into feeling. But it's like anytime we do Seas of Crimson or or anything that kind of focuses on the cross, that's pretty much the only thing that makes me cry. And so every time he does those, it's like, and that's, that's the connection point for me. It's, it's a way, the music that we, that we do on Sunday morning is a way for my head to get out of the way, and I can start engaging my heart uh, with the Lord. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. And then Bo, Bo's kind of the opposite of that. He's, he's connected in, a, in an emotional and a feeling way all the time, and, and the, the truth of worship is what really connects him and kind of brings him to it, um, to a place of being in the Lord's presence. And we talk about spirit and truth all the time, and I would say that, for me, worshiping in spirit is more difficult than worshiping in truth. And so words that in, in worship that really focus on the gospel and the truth is where I connect better. And so I need, it's, it's something that over the last year or so I've been trying to work on them, what it means to worship in spirit as well as in truth. And I think what Bo has for us tonight is a good way of kind of diving in to engaging both aspects of what it means to worship. So start off with why, why we do it. Yeah, I'm going to pray for us first, just for my sake and y'all's. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We get to be in this place. We thank you we get to be together. Um, to dig into what it means to do what we were made and created for. Uh, I pray that you would speak through Jeremy and I, and that you would stir up conversation at the tables, you would stir up hearts and minds. And God, in things that we've held on to that you may not want us to, I pray you would rip those away or just pull those away from us and the things that you want to add to our our life and our lifestyle and our walk with you, I pray that you would breathe those things on us tonight. Just come now and Pray this to be a sweet time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I've got a few points. I'm just going to run down a quick high level of what worship is um, based, on, based on Scripture. 
One of my favorite things to think about with worship, and it's the reason why we do it is because he made us to do that. That's the one thing we're created to do. That's really the only only thing we're created to do, not sing songs. Um, you can. Um, but what I, I want to kind of navigate that. So in all things that we do, it can be offered to God as worship. We will offer it as a sacrifice. It can be offered as thanksgiving. Um, so I'm going to read down just a list of what worship is, um, just some points that I have. This one comes across kind of harsh, but it, he demands it. It's You can go to Psalm 150, praise the Lord. And it just goes through. And I'm, we're going to read that one in a little bit. We're going to, not right now, but um, he sits enthroned upon our praises. And we, we say, I say that all the time. That's, a, that's in Psalms and Psalm 22, 3. And it just says, as we gather together, as we worship, he comes and dwells in our midst. There's power in it. I, I'm sure most of you have experienced some level of him moving in and through you in some way, whether it's breaking you free from something. I'll, I'll do a little quick side. When I got started in worship, uh, not worship music, but going to church, I didn't really go to church before, I, I remember watching people around me just express themselves in worship. Um, and I was a super shy kid. I, would, man, I had a hard time looking at anybody in the eye. I couldn't. I wore a hat like this all the time and kind of stared at the ground. I was probably 17. And I remember seeing these people dancing and hands up and thinking, I don't want to look like that, but I want, I want that. Because I, I knew them and I knew they weren't just crazy. They, they were experiencing something that I wanted. And I, I mean, I kind of knew Jesus then. I didn't. I won't say I was walking with him, but in that place, something was drawing me. Um, and so I remember the first time I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to raise my hands. And it felt like my arms weighed a thousand pounds. Like, ah, I can't do this. You know, and finally I did. And it was the biggest flood of his, his approval. Um, his, yeah, that, that's obedience. And, I, and every time after that that he asked me to do something that I did, he did the same thing. And... What it did was it brought freedom to a shy boy that was scared to death to um, to engage people, to engage God, to all those things. I had sin issues. I was just walking through mess, and but I, freedom started that day for me, um, just through an expression of raising my hands. I didn't even know I was doing it. I just saw other people doing it. So that's the the power side. That's testimony for me. Uh, also, spiritual warfare. Worship is is warfare. We know this. Throughout the Old Testament, seeing the put the put the um, Levites worshippers in front of the army, sending them out prior to battle, seeing God moving on, bringing victory to them in that, and that's a that's a physical representation of what God does in the spirit. Now, so the Old Testament shows a lot of battles. You have a lot of um, fighting with people. Now we know we don't battle flesh and blood. We battle the principalities and powers of darkness. So that's what we're doing here is fighting a battle. What we're doing at home when we're serving and loving and caring for people or we're in, our, in the Word or spending time with them, we are fighting a battle for us, our home, but also in this room for the people that are around you. Um, that's a big deal to me. You come in here and you give what you've got. You're lifting up. You're, you're fighting a battle for those around you, not just yourself. Um, it's also brings healing, deliverance, salvation. I can say the same for me. Uh, I was delivered from some stuff through worship. 
we become more like Jesus. As we behold Him, we become more like Him. I'm sure you have heard that at some point. What we behold, we become more like. Um, it's good for us. That sounds pretty pretty plain, but it is. It's just, it's just good. I mean, it's what we're made, made to do, so if you do it, it's beneficial. He deserves it. He's worth it. He's the only one worthy of our worship. It's why He came and saved us. He saved us so that we can be even in that relationship to engage Him in that way. It takes, this is to me my, one of my favorite things. It takes the mind, my mind off of me. Really. You know, that to me is, is, is freedom. There's freedom there just in not thinking about myself and all my issues I have. But, but being thankful and thinking about Him. So, so unpack that just a little yeah. bit for us. Like in a corporate setting, yeah. when we're coming in here, we've been at work all week, we come up with the everything on there. How do we kind of, how, how, to, I guess tools is what I'm asking for, to engage first the, the worship and worshiping in, a, in this atmosphere to get out of the way of ourselves. So just kind of yeah. unpack that. We had a conversation about this. We were talking about it um, earlier in the week, and he was saying, Years ago, he walked into church and would see people get coffee and yeah. then go straight in and, like, just, he's like, what do they do? Like, they didn't even do anything to, to step into that. Like, is it, so he saw, um, what he saw as a show, and I told him, I said, I've done that a thousand times. But I don't do that as a show. I do it as, like, that's my way of entering in. Like, I'm submitting. I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to. Um, so, for me, the way to take my mind off of myself is, and we'll go through the process of how, how, how I do that in a little bit, but just begin to think, just thanking him for who he is, for, for what he's done, and realize, just letting go of the fact that, and remembering, I haven't built any of the stuff that I have. Any, all good things came from him in the first place. So shifting that focus back on him and thanking for those things takes my mind off of me. Um, and I remind myself that I'm not... I'm not the one that's in charge of those things and responsible for them. They good for now. We're gonna we're gonna hit it more in a little bit. Got ahead. Um, develops unity in the body, in a small group, in a you know in your family or in here that we worship together. And we say we do it in spirit and truth. We do it as one. Um, that's why it's part of the reason why we sing songs with words is so we can all agree with the same things and we can sing those things together um, so then also it's just it delights God it's, it delights his heart God has emotions he's not void of emotions he's a creator of emotions he has them we have them and he he takes delight in it also this the whole the develops thanksgiving and that's to me it's my starting place if I need to focus on the Lord is just to start saying thank you. Um, I got in the habit several years ago of just when I get a green light, just thanking him. I don't know if he did or not. But I, I just started to like, why not thank him for it? And then little things, just start doing, just starting to thank him, not being positive <clears throat> towards him, just giving him credit for any good, anything you consider good, just give him credit for it. Um, and to me, that, that begins to stir my heart. To, to enter his presence and so that's it for now so uh, we're talking about we're, we've been kind of discussing this for a couple of weeks and 
I don't know, when I was growing up in church, the whole phrase praise and worship was kind of the, the phrase, right? And so all of y'all remember the 90s praise and worship things. And so every time I think about, when somebody, I'm talking to somebody about worship, and they say praise and worship, I think to, I was, I was helping Jim at one point clean out his, Jim Cagle right over there, I was helping him clean out his room when he was leaving Lasseter High School working together, and he had this Carmen the Champion video. <laughs> Raise your hand if you had that. Raise your hand. So when I hear praise and worship, I immediately start giggling and laughing because I think about that. Because I've never seen it before. We popped it in. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, but that was the... <laughs> he still has it. But, but I was just thinking about that. Like, whenever time I think about praise and worship, that's the thing that pops in my head. And we were talking about it, and he's like, well, that's, it's different, right? And so yeah. it's not the same thing. Like, praise and worship are two different things. And so yep. Yep. for me growing up, my, when it comes to worship, we, my church growing up, we did, you came in, you had the intro, you did two hymns, uh, you had the message, you did an altar call, you had the last hymn, and you walked out the door and church was over. And that being called praise and worship, I didn't really understand. And so it, it became, the two words almost became synonymous for me, and, and really they're not. And so yeah. explain kind of the difference. Yeah. yeah, and I think most churches move into praise. Pretty, uh, I just think it's because they, they, they get that. It's, it's a little more tangible. Uh, I'm going to go through... Can you put those other words up? This is going to be... I'll butcher every single one of them, but we'll put them up. Um, these are the seven words for praise in Hebrew in the Old, Te- in the Old Testament. And this, just this, this little teaching opened my eyes to some stuff of why we do what we do. A lot of it is during Davidic times, so during David's time. His, he, he, he pursued God in a way that nobody really had prior to him, at least in the tabernacle setting. So with, when his approach to God in, in the holy place, he did some things that he wasn't supposed to and God didn't seem to, he didn't strike him down. He seemed to enjoy it. He was a man after his heart. So I'm going to go through these words. We'll talk about them a little bit. Halal is the first one. It's to praise the Lord by celebrating, by dancing and shining forth, by acting clamorously foolish. And we'll throw up Psalm 150, if you could. There's Psalm 150. So every one of those you see is that. It's not singing pretty songs. It's not clapping or, or just standing there like a statue in church. It's, it's what I just said. It's losing it for His glory. <clears throat> praise, praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with a harp and the lyre. Praise Him with a timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I read this. I read it to my kids sometimes. Um, and I've marked up in my Bible on this. I'm like, so what do we do? We praise the Lord. Where do we do it? We praise Him in the sanctuary. We praise Him in the, His mighty heavens. Why? We praise Him for His acts of power. We praise Him for His surpassing greatness. And how do we do it? We praise Him with our instruments. We praise Him with our voice. And I go through the list and read it to them like we praise it with drums and 
bass and guitar and piano. And it doesn't have to be those instruments. There's people that think that, that it probably does, but <clears throat> we do it by dancing, by expressing ourselves to Him. And then who's supposed to do this? Let everything that has breath praise Him. And what do we do? We praise the Lord. Um, so to me, that halal, I, I just, I, that's, if I'm going to talk to somebody about worshiping and reverence and order, I hear that all the time. I see it on church signs. We worship in reverence. And just, so they're talking about they do hymns and they stand there and they, or they don't have music or whatever. Um, I would, this word, just, it kind of shakes that, that mold. And we read praise. Everybody's reading praise now. They don't read that. And that's the heart of, of, the, of the word. Um, the next one is yada. To praise the Lord with extended hand, to throw out the hand. First time I did that, I didn't know about that word. But it is biblical. Um, I think I have a reference up there. I think all of them should have a reference. There's multiple references. I can send you all more if you want to know where where those words are. Um, The next is Shabbat. To praise the Lord with a shout and a loud voice. That's why I don't... It doesn't bother me that we're loud in here. Um, It's something to... It's an expression. I want to... So as I'm reading these, really praise in itself is a... It's really a one-way street. It's... When I'm, it's easy for me to wrap my head around it that way. It's my expression to God. Worship's a different thing. Praise is just here to there. It's me expressing the things that He's given me and giving them back to Him. Um, and so, just just kind of as I'm saying these, think think that. Um, the next is Tauda. To thank God for things at hand as well as things not yet received or things God is going to do. Songs of thanksgiving and praise that extol the mighty wonders of the Lord. I like that one. See, we, we praise Him for things that we He's promised or that we, we know He will do for us. We think for things that we don't even have yet. And that's, that's going to a step in a level that I don't, I don't typically do a whole lot. But we're called to do that. Tehillah. Um, the whole book of Psalms is named Tehillah. And that is a praise from your spirit, the residual new song of the Lord from the heart of the believer. So that's where I get into the hymns and I get into things like that. And I'm like, we've got a whole book of the Bible that was written on spontaneous. And it's commanded command throughout to praise the Lord with a spontaneous song. To praise the Lord with whatever's on your heart in whatever way you have in that moment. It's not find the best song that you've ever heard and sing that one for the next thousand years. It's sing what's on your heart now. Give Him the gift that, he, that He's got in you right now from whatever position you're in. Um, then Zamar, to praise the Lord with the playing of an instrument, not even using your voice, just using the gift of playing an instrument, which I think is, is pretty cool. But we can express worship just by playing an instrument. Um, Gil, to circle in joy, to dance in circles and rejoice, to shout exultingly, to be excited, excited to levity, to roar. We've seen that with, you know, walking around the walls of Jericho wherever they shouted out and screamed and did a loud roar. Um, so that's that on, on the on those words. We'll skip over to the worship ones. We'll run through and then we'll I'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, so when I 
I think uh, praise, I'm thinking me to him. Basically stirring myself up. Getting myself in position to meet him. And when I, when I think that, I go back to the, the scripture that says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So as I'm thinking of the temple, I'm thinking of coming in from the outside, walking through the gate. My first thing is to remember, I'm going to thank him. I'm going to begin to thank him. I'm just going to say these things. And as I say them, my heart will begin to be stirred. My mind will be, begin to be stirred. And then my body will begin to respond. Like I, everything I have will begin to respond to him. So in his gates of thanksgiving, his courts for praise. So just that, that praise is expressing through your body. Like you, you almost can't contain it. Like you're so thankful for who he is. You're going to express with every ounce of what you have. And in the temple, you, you have the Holy of Holies at the very center. The tabernacle too. You have, you have this place where God dwelt. Um, and we see that they would put offerings on the on the altar. He would come, the ones that were pleasing him, he would come and dwell, and he would burn them up sometimes. He would just fall in the place. Um, and to me, that's that's where worship happens. It's like we've brought every offering that we have. We've stirred those things up. We've gotten ourselves in a place of really remembering who he is and responding the way he's called us to. And he answers by coming and meeting with us. So worship is a two-way street. It's him coming in and beginning to interact with us. It's relationship. I think it's as simple as you can get. It's it's relationship with God. It's you spending time with him, listening to him, allowing him to speak into you as you speak and pour out to him. So these words are going to be a little heavier. They're not going to be as... um, They're not going to sound like praise anymore with definition. So Barak... The, to worship the Lord by kneeling or bowing, to humbly recognize God as the origin of all power, success, or victory. And we have Shekah, I guess how you say that. To worship by falling down, bowing, or prostrating yourself. And again, so it's just that uh, you can tell in that there's there's some heaviness, there's weightiness, his glory's there in a way that's causing you to stop all this and moving into a place of like, I can't even stand up under the weight of, of the one that's with me. You recognize his glory, his weight, so you, you fall before him. And the New Testament, you want to try these? Theologian. I don't remember that one. You say it. Prescunia? Whatever. Y'all don't care. I do because you'll make fun of me later. Um, it's a Greek word for worship. Uh, to kiss intimately, adore like a dog licking his master's hand. That sounds gross, but it's really sweet. Um, <laughs> so it's it's actually used for Judas when he comes and kisses Jesus, when he betrays him. It's not, he was disguising it, but it, that's the same word. That's the kind of worship of him just coming in and getting that close and kissing him. So um, that that one just really speaks to the intimacy of what's going on. In worship, and I and I, I hold to that one too. When we sing these songs that are highly emotional, or talk about him more as a bride to a groom, I can go to that and say, "That's what worship is too. It's not. It's not just this sterile environment where um, he's my like he, or he's my father. He's my he's the supreme ruler of the universe, and I have to just bow down and like walk up to him. It's more of a it's intimate." 
there's there's intimacy there. Sebomai, uh, I like the Hebrew better. Um, to reverence, to hold in awe, and then with trio, uh, to render religious service or homage, to minister to God, and that's that just kind of takes you back to the temple of the the Levites that were ministering to God day in and day out. We have the same call. Because so, it's a New Testament yeah, word. Quick question. Yeah. So we, we <clears throat> talked about a couple of times this idea of ministry to Jesus idea, and I think that fits under that. Yeah. What is that? Because that's something I struggle When I look at Scripture, that's something that I'm like, yeah, I'm not lady, sure about. I mean, you can look at it in his physical, and the lady who poured oil on him, cried and wiped his feet with tears, and that's ministering to him in the physical. But now it's any... We, we do, we've done it before in the past, and this is something that I love to do is to find, like, to make a playlist of songs that just speak to who Jesus is and just let the love that I have for him well up inside of me. I don't express it. I just sit there in it for 20 or 30 minutes and just... But it, it's giving... It, all it is is just lavishing love on him. It, that's ministering to, to God. It's just pouring out, giving the gifts that he's asked for on him. It sounds weird, like we're like he doesn't need us to do that, but obviously he's created us to do that. He knows the benefit for us, so he invites us into it. So, as we as we keep moving along, so just a, Bo gave a testimony, kind of like when he first experienced what worship looked like, and. The church I grew up in, there wasn't any kind of worship. Like we didn't sing any type of songs normally, and it wasn't like a theological thing that they didn't believe you didn't play music. It was just so small they didn't have anybody that had the talent to do music, um, and so there was just none. And we would sit there, we'd come in, we'd sit quietly. Um, if you made too much noise or you moved too much, uh, my mom used to sit in between me and my brother. And so that if we kind of like wiggled a little bit, she we came home with the bruises on the back of the arm right there where she pinches because we were moving too much and that was disrespectful at church. So that was kind of my, my background. And I, I, most of y'all have heard my story. I, I kind of fell away from the church and things like that. But my first time going back to church after that was going into Riverstone in the Union Hall. And everybody was standing up. Hands were up. Like the only time I saw that at my church growing up was when there was a vote being taken. And it's like, I had no idea what was going on. And Bill was leading worship, and it's like, there's people that they're, they're singing, their hands are up, there's people dancing, there was, I, there was the flag thing going on. I didn't really know what that was about. Like, and for me, it was like, okay, I don't know what this is, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool. I'm not going to do any of that. I'll hang out here in the back and slide out early. And uh, but the music's good, so I'll, I'll I'll keep coming here. And I kept coming, and and over the years, I, one of the areas where the Lord has grown me in worship is to be more expressive. Like I'm not wide open expressive by any means, but He has grown me in that area to be willing to step out of where I'm comfortable to to express myself. And I I feel like there's a lot of us. Some of y'all have, have got that, and y'all are like that's the easy part to me. I need to grow in other areas. And so I guess the question is, like, how do we grow in worship, both as a body, corporately, and really for my question is, like, how do I, grow, how do I create an atmosphere of worship in my home with my mm-hmm. family? 
Yeah. I feel like that's harder than, than doing it here. Yeah. I got a quick story too. Okay. Similar to that. It's not nowhere near as funny. More, more make me cry kind of story. Um, I went to another church one Sunday. I had a Sunday off here. It's probably been six, seven years ago. Um, not the last time. <laughs> Seems like it. I'm here every week. Um, I won't be here this Sunday. But. Um, so I, I went to this other church. I wanted to check it out and see what was going on. Um, and I went, and they worshipped for an hour and a half, two hours. Like, didn't even do the message. Like, they just, they just kept going. And when we first got there, I mean, the whole front's dancing. And I love Jesus. Uh, but I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just, just, I barely moved my feet then. At least I move around a little bit now. Um, so I, I went in there, and I, it just kept happening. It was like going on and on. And, and they were great musicians. And, um, and I just judged the heck out of them the first half of the service. And then I was sitting there, and I mean, I mean, God cr- crushed me in a good way, and just said, "My daughter's Caroline. She was four at the time. She's eleven now, so maybe seven years." He said, "You love it when she dances for you. She doesn't know what she's doing, but you love it because she's doing the best she can." And I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and I just cried. I just cried the rest of the service. I sat there and just cried. <laughs> And what it showed me is I don't. There's no need to ever judge anybody. Judge a prophecy, judge a word, but when somebody's doing the best they can to express themselves, don't, 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 don't shut them down. Don't shut them down even with your negative thoughts, and you know, don't, don't put that on them. They're doing the best they can, just like you are. And so, to me, that that was a big shift for me. Not that I've. I actually did start dancing by myself at home in worship. <laughs> did it freed me up a little bit here? I mean, it really did. Like I was like, I'll try it. Nobody can see me, but I'm gonna try it. Um. So, just that say, like, just the judgments that can happen in a corporate setting, because um, you're all you're all together. It's hard not to see the people around you. It's hard not to make judgments on it, um, whether it's real or fake. But you don't know anybody's heart. And you're not responsible for their heart. You're not responsible for any of that. So why even start? You know. Um, so the growth part. I would, you know, worship is not music, and worship is not singing, but it can be. I would just say to start this whole part, find whatever it is that draws you closer to God. If it's going outside, if it's riding your bike, if it's whatever it is, if it's Watching movies, Kim meets the Lord all the time in movies. I can't do that. I'm just pure entertainment for me. Um, painting, writing, spending time with people, whatever it is, do what puts you in a position to meet with the Lord. To me, that's like the number one. Just begin to cultivate that. If it's play, if it's letting loose because you work all the time and you're dead, find things that give you the avenue to meet with Him um, as much as possible. To me, though, music is, the re- reason we use music corporately, though, is because it's, like Jeremy said, it's the connector. It just naturally does. It's the connector between here and here. It takes a message, and you can see this at any big concert you go to. You watch people going bonkers. If somebody stood on stage and read all those words, they would not be going bonkers. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Because we don't even understand what you're saying. But it does. It moves them. It stirs something in their heart. That message gets inside of them in a way 
that makes them react. And so in the same way here, we're taking biblical truth, tying it to music. It's going to stick with you way longer than if you just read it. Puts us all on the same page. Um, and the music, the music itself, it just it, it allows the truth that you that you know here to begin to move into here and allows you to respond, frees you up in some ways to respond. Um, this I was thinking about this the other day. I was out uh, in the yard just cutting grass and thinking. I was thinking back on David, King David, and then David David sermon series right now, and just thinking how messed up could David have possibly been? I mean, how ter- like. I don't want to model anything that I do after him, after reading what we've read. But God saved his man from my own heart. And he's got a lot of lot of stuff said about him. And the way he left the country and passed it into his son's hands was pretty amazing. And what, and what you see and what God, how God honored him throughout time. Um, and so what, what hit me then when I was just thinking, it has nothing to do with our perfection. It has nothing for how presentable we are when we walk in the door. How ready we made ourselves. I mean, you can try. It's good to do that. But it's like, it's His perfection that we're worshiping. It's not ours. And it's not because of ours. It's not by, even by our perfection. It's, it's, by, it's because of His. I mean, we're not, we're not responding to out of, our, out of us at all. It's, we're responding to Him. Because um, I know when people, when you're, when we're caught up in something or we just had a fight with our spouse in the car and we're coming in, those things weigh you down. You come in like, oh, I can't approach him because I just, I'm not even good enough to speak kindly to my wife. How am I going to approach the king of the universe? And he's like, come on. Sister daddy calling you up. Come spend time with me. Um, so, and then also it's, it's not performance either at all. It's pursuit. And I think that's what I see in, in David. David did some like dancing in his underwear before the ark. Like, that was weird. It, well, I don't think at all. His wife probably assumed it was performance, but he was just pursuing God. He's like, I'm giving myself to God. Not that David. King David. I have to do that every time. <laughs> you don't know the story. Just don't do that on Sunday. You don't know either. the story. It's not him. He would not do that. <laughs> Something. Revival has hit. And, yeah, if he did that. Um so, what are they even talking about? Um, yeah, this I just don't, as much as we just read all those things, it's not performance. You're doing it out of pursuit. You're doing it, every, every act that we do, whether it's reading our Bible, or it's having a prayer time, or it's whatever. You're, if, if you've got this track in your mind saying, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to, or I'm doing this because it's on my list, or I'm doing this out of obligation... It only gets you so far. It's no, I'm doing this to meet you. He he's the one that you're meeting in every one of those encounters and every one of those things you're trying to do. He's the one you're meeting. He's the one you're pleasing. He's the one that you're desiring to be with. It's not out of you've got to check the boxes or do it the exact way. It's just like no, it's just it's a relationship. Um, so as far as growing in worship, I think for me, it, like if I want to think about doing anything, I just if I make a bunch of lists and do all that, I just won't do it. I just over time I'm going to fade out in about two weeks, and David knows that. I can't do that. For me, it's just learning to create space, space in which I invite him into, and it can be a little space in the morning. I can give him 20 minutes, quiet time, and just sit there and just say, "I'm here. I want you to meet with me." And it's just learning to that that whole talk about being led by the Spirit. 
asking to be filled with the Spirit. All that language is just of, I want to walk with you, God. I want you to be close and intimate in each of these things that I do. And that's worship. It's not, like I said, it's not singing. It's not doing that. It's, it's those things with Him. <clears throat> um, so as we invite Him into these different times, as we create space, we invite Him in. He's going to speak. He's going to tell you something. He's going to move in you in some way and lead you to some action or some something, some new thought of mind, new new change in your heart. Obey and act on what He says. I think obedience is the key. As He moves on you to do something, and that could be in a corporate setting. It's if He moves on you to, to lift your hands or He moves on you to go over and ask so-and-so why, they're, why they look so sad today. I mean, just go give them encouragement. Just, just being obedient. The dumb, <clears throat> that's just the model and, and as we're obedient it's going to create your heart to be surrendered to him and you're going to you're going to love him even more you're going to you're going to desire to follow him even more <clears throat> sorry I went through this but I do in worship I walk through that if I'm ever struggling to connect and I yeah, I wouldn't believe it but I, I struggle even up here sometimes like I forget like oh man I've just thought about that song the whole time I sang it and I was not thinking about you, Lord. I just was thinking about is the drum, is the drum doing the right thing? Is it, you know, I, I may, <clears throat> and I can catch myself like, oh gosh. And then I'll walk through every time. Start to thank me for who I am. Enter his gates of thanksgiving, his courts of praise. Start to thank me for who I am. Just to begin to serve that thankfulness, and then I can jump right back in. Um, so that's my model. That's how I, when I enter this place or enter quiet time or enter whatever, if I can begin to stir a thankful heart and create a thankful heart in myself. <clears throat> that's how I enter back into worship. And you see David, King David doing this in the Psalms. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's commanding his soul to bless God. He's, he's telling himself to do something. And we have to do that. If you don't feel like it, tell yourself to. And then begin to move and take the steps to move in that direction. <clears throat> and it's not inauthentic if you don't feel it. That's, an, uh, that's a big thing. You don't, it's not all about the feelings. It's, it's an obedience. Thank him because it's his gift that he gave you to thank him for. It's not because you feel like doing it right now. Um, it's because he deserves it. So, like personally, that's I would just begin to create space. So that's in your work life, wherever you are. Just begin to set aside little islands in your day as much as possible to, to, to meet him. Just to say, oh yeah, I remember you. There you are, Lord. I remember you. Um, and it doing that, you'll start to feel the joy start to increase in you and then it trickles to everybody else that you meet. Like you, as you remember him, as you keep him or mindful of him, um, that'll happen. Even if you're in a job that you don't love, you can be a light in that place uh, just because you're attentive to him. <clears throat> and then as far as incorporating it in our house or your home with your family, um, what I've learned is you can't force it. And I'm really good at trying to do that. Like I, now kids, we're going to do this for this amount of time. We're going to sing these songs. We're going to, we're going to pray for you. And it, it blows up every time. It's terrible when I try to do it that way. When I try to take the reins and say, we're going to do this. Remembering that everybody in your house is his child. And they're all unique. And there is nothing more unique about you than the way you worship God. That's like as, as unique as your fingerprints are, Every single season of your life, when somebody dies, 
when you get sick, when you get a job promotion. Give that praise or give that worship in that season to Him because that's the only time you're going to get to give it. And if you carry, if you walk through life like that, every single season, every, everything I go through, it's His, there's, there's something there that I need to give back to Him. And it's flavored in that specific way. You look at, you can look at this from the other perspective and say, when I'm in heaven, I won't get to do that anymore. It's going to be perfect. I don't get to worship Him in my brokenness and in my, in, in my, what I feel is lack or hurt or pain. or I won't have any of that anymore. So everything's just going to be worshiping with a, Imperfection. So give that to him now, and and begin just to, to realize that, um, because we know as we lift our hearts to him, as we worship him, as we pursue him, he pulls us up out of those situations. He gives us clarity in the moment to say, "Oh yeah, it's not as bad as I thought." Or, or you're here. You bring comfort. You, you're my shelter. You're my shield. You're my protection, provider. <clears throat> um, so that's that's first. Just don't don't force it. And the next. If you're not praying for your family, just start as simple as possible because it it will start to cut through the spiritual awkwardness in the home of just having those conversations. If you just start praying and spending time I mean, with your kids at night for bed or um, with your spouse, and it's a shame how many families, how many husbands and wives don't pray together, even if they know they're supposed to, and how awkward that can be for them to start again after they haven't for a while. But I would say without that, it's really hard to, to even move forward with worship as a family. Um, so, and then create an atmosphere of thankfulness in the home. You know, just being, even expressing thankfulness to your family for what they, who they are and what they do. Like that, that brings people out of their shell. That just, just giving encouragement. We talk about prophecy, but it's encouragement. Like you're just lifting the people up around you in your home. Um, it, that will move your house towards joy faster than anything else. I get these things right like 20% of the time, maybe. <laughs> so it's not that I'm, I'm preaching to me too. Um, uh, and me, like, grab, grab music and have it playing. Whatever stirs your family, like it doesn't have to be things we do, just whatever points you to the Lord, whatever draws your heart to Him, have it playing in your house where you're cooking dinner, when you're, whatever you're doing. Just, you know, music's not for everybody, but I've, I've found that a lot. Most people love music in some form or fashion, and it just it can create an atmosphere, especially with the truth. If there's words and truth going through it, um, like my kids, they don't listen to kid music; they listen to worship music because that's what we play at home, and they love every one of those songs. They know every everything we sing in here; they know it before y'all do because I've been playing it for a while for them. Um, but it starts to get in them, uh, and then just begin to invite the Holy Spirit into your family times, not just your dinner time. I think we're pretty pretty good at saying a prayer at dinner. But just begin to incorporate Him in, in all you do. It's, it's going to make it better. Um, and then, this to me is a big a big deal. Just begin to share your heart with your family. Like, a, as we do these things, as we as we progress through, like, it, that's, that's difficult. But you just begin to share your heart, what's on your heart, the things that are stirring in your heart with them, and then create a space that's, that's safe. There's tension in houses all the time. I know that. And there's tensions in my house all the time. With, you know, but if we have a safe place where they they can come and they can, like we we create sacred places in our home. Like we create a, we do a family dinner once a week. We know phones are gone, those things are gone. We're going to sit there together. We're going to talk about our highs and lows for the week. 
We're going to, a lot of times, take communion, which you don't do all that, but we just, we just do certain things, and it's ritual. And that ritual is a safe place for them to come from the midst of all the chaos that is happening around them. And I found that, and I know for me growing up, the things that we did in repetition that were kind of family things, I remember that more than any of the fussing and fighting that we had at home. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that thing we used to do all the time. And, that, and so I just heard that, that routine ritual in the home is one of the strongest ways to, to bring your family together and, and to, to bond. Um, I think and that's, that's pretty good. To me, like, that's what you want to work towards is, is having that. You got anything else? Any other questions? So we're going to go into discussion time? Yeah. So we're going to just kind of take a few minutes. There's going to be some questions up on the screen for you. And so you'll just discuss some of the things that we've talked about, kind of go, go over, get some difference in opinions. And also, if you have any questions that you want to ask, write those down on the note cards. I'll come around and grab them from you at some point. We'll answer a few of them. Uh, but just want to give you all some space to kind of unpack this for yourselves with, the, with your table. Yeah, and I, I'm going to bring around a handout in a little bit. It's not, I guess it was back in March. I was sitting at my computer. I was going to try to write some kind of vision statement for worship at Stonebridge. And I felt like the Lord just flooded a page worth of stuff to me, and um, pretty much in coherent form. And I, and I was like, that didn't feel like me. So I, I brought it. I, I, it feels like a devotional, like just a one-day one devotional, but you can go back to it. And I want to give that out. Some of the stuff I talked about is in there. Um, but it's just a, to me what what worship is, so I'll I'll hand that out and y'all can take them too. So all right. Okay. Okay. So sorry to interrupt your your conversations, but I just kind of want to wrap this up quickly for y'all, just briefly. Um, so the the title of the summer series is is live like a missionary, and so how does a lifestyle of worship how does that how does that go together? How does that combine into this living like a missionary? And I think what Bo did a really good job of he did a lot, he did a really good job in general, but like living this lifestyle first of thankfulness that is countercultural, right? You don't not every nobody that you run into on a daily basis really is talking to you about how thankful they are for everything. It's usually you get the list of complaints of how bad things are, or you know. You know, even if it's not just personal things, you, if you watch the news, you don't get a list of things that are really good going on. It's, it's all the things that everybody's angry about all over the place and all this stuff. And so culturally, everything is centers around either I want something more or everything's really bad. And so when we go out into the world with this heart of thankfulness, that changes the room. Right? It changes the room when you go in to your place of work and you sit next to the guy who hates the job and complains about being there and you're thankful for everything that you get. You change, you're changing the atmosphere of the room because you have, you've cultivated this heart of thankfulness. You've cultivated this heart of worship and giving to God all the things. Even the things, like he was saying, worship in times when things aren't great. That lifestyle is so countercultural, it's so different from anything else that, we, that, that people experience, you're bringing light into a dark place. You're being a missionary in your work. You're being a missionary at your home. You're being a missionary to family. You're, bringing, you're being a missionary in all these places because you're bringing light into those places. And it's all from cultivating a heart of thankfulness. It's cultivating uh, responsible responses to, and praise to the Lord. And it's also worshiping 
um, because you're being obedient and you're worshiping and you're moving into a place where you're, you're changing the atmosphere. David talks a lot about being a thermostat and, be, and not being a thermometer. Well, all of those places you're going in as a thermostat. You're setting the spiritual atmosphere of the room because your heart is connected to the Lord. You're worshiping Him. You're giving thanks to Him. You're praising Him. And so those are, plays, those are ways to live like a missionary here. Cultivating a heart of worship, cultivating a heart of thankfulness is living like a missionary. And so that's where, we, that's where I think the connection is with that. Next week, I hope you come back. Next week, we're going to talk about discipleship uh, and just dive into what that means and what that is and invite folks to come back because, um, for me, that's something that, that I'm passionate about. It's something that I love. It's something, it, it's, again, it's living like a missionary by going out and making disciples. And all of these things is not something unique that we've come up with. They're, they're commands, right? They're worship, go and make disciples pray. All these things are commands from Scripture. All these things are things that, we, that, that you do all the time. And so we're not teaching you anything, but if nothing else, we're affirming that this is what it looks like. You're living like a missionary, and we want to celebrate that as well when we're doing this. I want to pray for us as we go. You're free to continue talking after that, but I wanted to kind of make that connection about living like a missionary. So let's pray. Father, we're thankful for everything. We're thankful for life. We're thankful for our families. We're thankful for your son, most of all. We're thankful for all the ways that you move in us. We're thankful for even the hardships, Lord, that you've brought us through, that you move us through. We're thankful that you stay with us and that we, we experience your presence, Lord, whenever, whenever we cultivate a heart that is, that is obedient, that is pursuing you, that's, that's, that's seeking you out. And so, God, we... We want to worship you, again, in spirit and in truth. Uh, that not just singing on a Sunday morning, but maybe driving to work, Lord, that we can acknowledge how great you are and we can give back all the things that you've given us, where it happens to be at home, where we just pray for an atmosphere, for a lifestyle of worship in our homes, that children and spouses and uh, it, anyone that walks to the door of our home understands that there's something different here, that it, that it becomes the missionary, it becomes a mission home right where we are, where your presence is cultivated, it, it's weighty, and people experience you, Lord, anytime that we're with them. And so, God, we just can, we just ask for more. Uh, we ask for more of that. We ask for more um, sensibility or sensitivity to your presence daily, and we just ask you to help us, Lord, cultivate a heart that worships you and is thankful to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.